Hi, new friend. My name is Siobhan Simons. I heard you say something. I heard you put out into the universe that you weren't strong enough, you weren't good enough, and you couldn't do that thing because you didn't know how to do it. Welcome to Tell Me You're Kidding, the podcast. The place where I want to show you the mindset is a reset. Every day is your first day. And as a mental health advocate, it's my job to make sure that you have a faithful foundation in yourself. We're going to respect the things we walk through by building something great for ourselves with love. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, guys, to episode four, Casting Your Middle. The main topic today, loving your middle. Love the space you're in. You're like, girl, how can I love my space? I just spilt coffee all over myself and not have extra laundry. Sometimes you have to love the things that you're in right now to appreciate the things that are coming. The piece of you that wants to go out into the world and do all of the things and check all of the boxes hasn't yet learned the precise timing of the now. We all ask so much of the world's things like, please let traffic be light, please let the rain hold off, and please let this medicine work, please let that bill come tomorrow. Mercy. We are asking the world of mercy when we've forgotten to give it to ourselves. I'm not sure if you know this, but being mad at your circumstance doesn't actually change it. Your narrative does. Let's go ahead and get a good mindset and jump right into the episode. I can't wait to meet you there. Welcome back, guys. So episode four. (laughs) I hope there won't be as many distractions as there was in last week's episode. But honestly, I was told a really long time ago by a podcaster that I love that it's better to do it than to not do it. So in her words, I did it. And I wasn't proud of it. I and that makes me sad because what I'm doing, I need to be proud of. I recently took down, I decided that my website was up for renewal on the .com and all of its content. And I kind of looked at it like it was a, a Hulu thing or a Netflix subscription. I just looked at it as, oh, that's coming up. I'm not sure if I want to do that anymore. I think that as you grow in your space, as whether you're a a homemaker, a speaker, a worker, um, whatever you're out there doing, you grow out of things to grow into something else. I kind of grew out of my website and my use for it because I can't serve you by being in a million places. And I love websites. I love their connectivity. I love that there's a space for content. But if I'm missing out on being wholesome and intentful and careful about where I go next, I'm not going to really see the direction. I'm not going to see its potential. Does that make sense? If I am looking at something like it's putting gas in the car, like something I have to do, it's not serving me. And it's definitely not serving you. I want to tell you a story. And it's about casting your middle. The things that I want to talk about today and casting your middle is you kind of got to love on that space. You know, you got to love on the the icky parts, the long waiting parts, because you're, you're a human that's going out into the world. And I'm not saying if you take your good attitude out in the world that you're going to send a ripple effect of like good natured humans, because we all know that if you haven't been to a grocery store in the last 45 seconds, you can meet a crap ton of humans that are just mad at the world and nothing you do is going to change that. But it will change you if you're good, if you're present, if you're calming, if you're, you know, good for you. It, it's, 
instinctual in your bones to be good. My husband always plays the Powerball when he remembers it's in and when the results are in whatever state for whatever winner and that it isn't us, he gets this idea that we aren't lucky. And then he gets the same line from his wife every time. Someone really needed that. He doesn't have that kind of faith. I'm hoping to teach him that kind of faith in as many years of a partnership continues in this. I've, I've actually told him, like, you're stuck with me for 100. <laughs> and if we keep up on our health, our health, we'll get there. You see, his work depends on storms. Going on storm for two days or just once a year covers a month of bills and extra probably a thousand dollars for our savings you see we can't send smoke signals out into our future we can't draw it in to connect our wishes faster we have to wait wait for what needs purpose the need to pursue comes instinctual for for most for friends of mine rain would devastate their business but for us, it would make us financially free. The actual balance, the actual universal balance is between those two things. Balance isn't having a salad to cancel out your donuts. Balance is the ripple effect of what work is done now to what comes later in purpose. I've taught patience to my husband with intent. The intent that the right now is what we have and what we have is taking pride and it sends a faithful effect of someone else's mercy and the purpose they need is timing a storm gives us relief but for someone else it means they will be displaced i can still want for something to happen but i can also understand that the work i'm doing in its middle part is the bigger picture you can free yourself of what you need by giving yourself what you have. I'm not sure if you know this, but being mad at your circumstance doesn't actually change it. It doesn't make it become better. It doesn't make it hurry up. Time is an animal. <laughs> it is its own animal. And I like using that phrase because you cannot control it. It's unpredictability. It's evolving as it goes, but it still stays constant in that one manner that you can't speed it up. So I remember um, probably about a month ago, I'm the same as you hear me now in real life. There is no difference. Um, I drop more F-bombs than probably you would appreciate in my own personal space just when I'm <laughs> just talking. Not like out there in the world, like I'm not inappropriate. I can come to your conference. I can speak like I'm not an animal. <laughs> I think animal is the favorite word of the day. But when I go to the store with my three kids, I'm, I'm pretty overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie. They're all spouting their things at me. They're moving really quick. And anybody who's ever shopped with kids, like you just like at the end, you felt like you walked through a car wash and you had no car. Like you just walked through and it just beat the hell out of you. So when I go in the grocery store, I'm trying to think and I'm trying to prepare. And if I see something, I'm trying to switch something up and just kind of trying to go into whatever I have to 
whatever kind of mode because you know I'm a multi-class thinker I just kind of like try to get everything done while I'm there how we handle ourselves in a grocery store doesn't define us it doesn't you know spread our love out into the world but I knew I do know that when I slow down and I change my perspective, usually people are waiting on us. We take forever, even as quick. I could over-prepare. I could have my debit card ready. I could put in the store count or whatever it is. And I could be prepared for a good outcome and still have, uh, you know, a crappy one. And I remember that I know how I feel when I'm waiting and I don't, I don't pay it any mind. You can wait. You can go ahead of me. You can do whatever you want to. If you spill something, I'm going to help you pick it up. If I like what you're wearing in the store, I'm going to tell you. Like, I, I consider all forms of communication a love language. And that's particularly mine. In the grocery store, I am um, probably the most empathic person out there because that's like my main setting I can tell if you're not into us I can tell if like we're annoying you and I always get comments about my kids hair or always you know it, it falls back into my regular life uh, a lot of people like to tell me who my kids look like and honestly it just annoys me because how would you feel if I did it to you and a, a lot of people like to tell me that my hands are full like gosh, you've got your hands full. And my response to them is, no, I really don't. Because, you know, we've gotten this perception that we can go out into the world and we can tell other humans when they look like they're too busy. And honestly, it's not your place. Please don't tell me who my kids look like. Please don't tell me where they got the red hair from. You know, I almost have to recenter myself when I get comments like that. And some people take those as, oh, that's just conversation. And for me, it's like, no, it's a comment because it's commentary. And commentary is derived from the same space as assumption. When you're making commentary on something, you're assuming it. Have you ever posted something on the internet and it's been in that space of, I was trying to do good here and it wasn't good enough. Because you'll post something and someone will take the clip from it They'll look at, let's say you had a plastic bowl in there, and they'll just be all, you know, we're the backlash generation. My friend Cassie told me that. We are, we are the backlash. We're trying to kind of resolve all of the ill care for the environment out there, which is amazing. You know, we're teaching our small humans great things, but we're attacking people for things that we aren't actually evolving to change. We're just being conditioned to attack someone for something new. And if that didn't really click with you, we were conditioned to kind of judge people and we are trying to kind of jump over that hurdle where we need to look at people and not take a 15 second clip. I remember a year ago, I was following somebody I really admired, and she was constantly attacked for the plastic things that she had in her house. And I, when I was talking about a story that was similar to like that, it was, let's say you have this plastic bowl. In, uh, let's say you take a family, a family shot, and you've got this like plastic bowl that's seasonal. You know the ones with like the pineapples on them and stuff? I guarantee you that half of the population out there wouldn't see, man, that summer setting just looks so cool. You know, this is so beautiful. What kind of things did you make? 50% of 
the population in social media out there would say, I can't believe you have that plastic bowl. But what if that plastic bowl was your aunt's favorite thing from like the 60s? And she only used it in summertime and she put it away all year. And then let's say that she died and that's the only thing you have left of her. Someone is going to change the narrative of your story by one comment if you let them. 50% of the people on social media that are attacking are attacking you because they have to be right about something. And you then have to armor yourself up with the ability to be confident with what you're doing. That plastic bowl has a story. Everything you do has a story. And showing appreciation for the people that want to be negative, it's all right to do that because sometimes you have to let that person be right. I mean, if social media is its own animal, you're not going to change them overnight. You're, you're not going to stop people from, you know, wanting you to be purposeful and environmental. It's great to do those things. It's going to take time. It doesn't mean that we just toss away everything that, you know, we believe in. So when I go back to this blogger that I was watching, you know, she had some plastic things in her fridge and I just didn't see how it mattered. Her having plastic things in my fridge doesn't affect my life. Maybe someone gave them to her. Maybe she bought them in bulk before she knew about all of this. I don't know. It's not my business. The thing we have to understand is things aren't always our business, but what we put out there can be effective to have someone react differently. So when it comes to the grocery store, I looked around that day and I saw that someone was coming up behind me. I already had all of my stuff loaded. Normally I let people go before me. It doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. It's just what I do so that we're not bothersome. This time I knew we were going to be bothersome, but I knew it wasn't going to be to anyone else because you can't actually bother other people. I don't know if you know that, but you can't actually bother other people. Okay. There is no list of effectiveness is of from if you've bothered them to if you haven't. You're in a store. That's how store works. That's usually my one comment when I go to the store is when somebody says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's a store. Don't be sorry. Like we're all here doing the same thing. And, you know, I constantly put reminders out there that you aren't the only one. So when it comes to my comments of you aren't the only one, sometimes they're towards the negative person and sometimes they're towards the person who is trying to be un unapologetically themselves. If you're walking around me trying to get cheese, don't apologize to me. You're trying to get cheese. I'm not over at the cheese yet. I'm still over here at the hundred snacks that they think they have to have that are all the same color in one box. So when I look back at this gentleman that was behind me, I... I knew I was going to be intentful if someone came up behind me because there's little people in front of me that are watching me. They're watching to see if I'm patient. They're watching, watching to see if I'm going to be kind or they're watching to see if they're going to be a burden. We make people feel like a burden when we don't acknowledge them enough, when we don't let them see that they are good. My kids are small. Kids don't want to be in the store, but we live alone and that's what we have to do. I look back at this gentleman and instantly, my instant reaction was just to look him dead in the eyes, and I said, thank you for waiting. I, I He did not expect that. He was like, oh, wow, thank you so much. He goes, but I'm not waiting. I don't have anywhere to go. And this was an older gentleman. And those are the kind of positive reactions that I want to put out into the world. I want to in implement that 
I don't feel like my kids are a burden because I knew the struggle to get them here. But other people aren't going to know your struggle. So positive reinforcement of saying to the person behind you sets your tone for the day. And we were there quite early. So letting him know before he even said anything or I read his body language, I just kind of shut down what my natural instinctual kind of perception would be to like shrug up and be defensive and I just put out what would be better for all of us. I think that if we're going to be a monumental change, we have to stop trying to fix things that were not our damage. We didn't set the fire to those things. You don't have to backlash yourself into a corner thinking you're a terrible mother because you gave your child a screen. I talked to my my pediatrician personally. I ask him the questions and he gives me the answers. And that's how I think other people should go about. It's fine if you want to inform everyone, but if you're not at a professional level of informing on especially medical things, you can't really be that responsible person out of the world. You're not taking the initiative. You're just being one more voice that heard something from someone who read something somewhere. On the second half, I want to talk to you about your reflection and your resolution. Reflecting in what you're walking through is part of your resolution. It's part of how you cast this middle. It's part of how you appreciate the good stuff. It's part of how you kind of find a place for the crappy stuff. I can't wait to meet you in the second half. Go ahead, take a break, get some coffee, and I'll see you there. In this part of reflection, I want to talk to you about the mercy that we give out into the world. The mercy that we give things to grow, the mercy that we give things while we wait, the mercy that we give ourselves. Your big something might just be someone else's purpose after you've even gone. When you give mercy to yourself, you're giving someone else permission. Permission to have gratitude, faith, permission to mess up, to do something the wrong way. You won't know if you've won or lost until it's over. You're going to have to step into some piles of shit before you believe or figure out that you have to earn your place here. Your role of endearment. You have to earn your role of being someone's spouse. You have to earn your role of being a parent. You have to earn your role of being a business owner. You have to earn your role of being a guider to this next set of hundred years. I am a frequent offender when it comes to comparison and not believing in myself. I have to believe in my own value, and so do you. Worry is a special kind of animal that takes over when we want something. But when you love your middle, when you love your middle right now, person that's listening to this with a leaky sink, 45 words short of a last chapter, you're loving that mercy of the beginning of your purpose. Sometimes what we think our beginning is, is actually our middle. It's not our end. We won't know. We're not at the end. You have to allow yourself to have intent and care into being what you want to achieve, being something more than you are right now. But you also have to earn the desire to be the person that you are right now before the change happens. If you're going after a goal that's big, how are you ever going to be meaningful for it if you haven't learned to be still in this very moment right now?
appreciate what you have each day instead of looking to measure it to something that comes tomorrow. In resolution, mercy has to happen for faith to happen. If a storm comes to us, then my friends suffer. If we wait a bit, use what we have, take pride in the things that we care for, have intent for them, the storm we want will show up. And I'm not talking about a life storm, like we wait for storms. Storms pay our bills. But storms for my friends mean they don't get to get their crops done. Storms for my friends mean that they don't get to finish building their houses. You can't know if you've lost or won. You can control your impatience of the middle part. If you want mercy from the world's distractions and happenings, you need to give it to yourself first. Everything that you wish for means something to someone else out there in the world you live in right now. When there isn't a reason, there is purpose. There is a ripple effect of our doings, a part of us that lie in wait of something instead of scheduling our middle part to be acceptable enough. If you are scheduling your middle to be acceptable, you have already lost. I know we can't know if we've lost or won, but you're losing right now. It doesn't serve you when you try to find reason instead of purpose. It doesn't serve anyone else. And guess what? Someone else is going to miss that magnificent part of you appreciating what you have. I don't measure my success by what I don't have. I measure what I'm doing but what, by the mercy I'm going to give. You have a power to walk with others in their loneliest hour by giving yourself the magic of loving this part right now. Cast your middle for this very role, this very leading part role. It might just be what gets the work done for you to recognize the mercy of it. I hope that you enjoyed episode number four. I need you to lean in, give gratitude, give faith, be a guider. But everything you do has to be in patience of what comes next. All of your patience for what comes next. I'll see you next week, guys. Thanks so much. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to go down below, give it a review, rate it, share it with a friend. And hop on to Instagram and find me at It's Best Lit. I'm Siobhan Simons, speaker, wife, blogger, and sometimes inspiring myself to know that today is my very first day. I'll see you guys next week.